offense is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you right bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. complex you're listening to the notes from the pin podcast and if it sounds like an episode of an npr show it's only because i am deadly exhausted today with me i have the amazing a lady with enough pep in her step for the both of us mama c yay Yay. (laughs) so um you guys gotta forgive me there has been a huge shake-up in the cube recently so there's eight people in a cube, for those that don't know. It's about the, half the size of a garage. And um, each cube ends up developing its own little culture, right? Depending on who's there, the personalities. I like it when the cube's like cohesive and everyone looks out for each other. There's no dirt balls in there. And, and you kind of self-regulate and self-govern. Right. Well, when one, you know, it's tra- prison's transitory. People go home or they ride out. And when one person leaves, there's still seven people that are part of the, the whatever culture it is that has been established there. And it's its own living, breathing thing. When a new person comes in, it's seven against one. And I don't mean adversarially. I mean there's seven people that are reinforcing the culture that currently exists in the cube, and there's one person that's either left to get the fuck, get the fuck on or to, you know, in most cases they adapt. They go in the flow of the river, the river you know. Yeah. Well, recently... Uh, On Thursday, so a couple days ago, two days ago, two people in the cube went home. uh, They got out of prison and went home. And that very same day, one of uh, the people, one of the guys in the cube, who, without me, like, really getting into it, kind of um, facilitates my ability to make, you know, the calls necessary for this, um, for the show. And but he's a he's a hothead. He's a, almost like a drifter type, long hair, Fox News watching, angry, angry little skinny guy with a with long, elven but it's black elven Lord of the Rings imitation hair, right? Yeah. And I think he's like a skinny metal dude. He's had half his teeth pulled, and he's just irate. And uh, so I guess he gets into it with someone over the shower, gets into a fight, and while I'm on the video visit, I see you know, six COs run in. And I'm like, who the fuck are they taking? They take him out, which immediately makes me go, now what? So so what happened was, though, there's three empty bunks. And I can't tell you the last time, if ever, I was in a cube with just five people with three empty bunks. Yeah. And so um, everything's nice and everyone's chill and it's quiet and people are playing cards. Four people are playing cards. I'm sitting on my bunk kind of instigating or feeding into the shit talk. And um, everyone goes to bed, and about 1 in the morning, three new people come in at 1 in the morning. All at once. All from the the same joint and all at once. Now, I did not think that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be one filled, one filled, one filled. Needless to say, there have been um, some growing pains as uh, the confusion of these new guys as to um, how to be respectful and go with the flow and act accordingly when you enter someone else's house for all intents and purposes. Right. And uh, 
it was going on, and we talked. You know, one of them was a young kid on, on my side. Talked to him and said, listen, because he started seeing some sloppy behavior, right? If you had, uh, I don't want to fully get into it because I want to save it for another episode, but I ended up having to uh, throw the old gloves on and say, listen, we're going to get an understanding right now. And the other QBs, you know, the, the, the hometown boys jumped off the bunks, and it took, it took a lot of settling, and then it's hard to sleep when you know, you know, there's people that you were just ready to uh, engage in some sort of physical altercation with. Right. Needless to say, this is why I am drained this morning. Oh, all right. Well, let me ask you this. Did they, did they come from like a higher level unit? Do you know? Sounds like they did no, not. They actually came, no, they actually came from Carson City Level 1, which, okay. remember, I was in Carson City Level 4. That was the first joint. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so, um, and they all knew each other, and they all came from the same joint, and they all spent all day sitting in the control center. So so now there's a different dynamic from as opposed to being 7 against 1, it's 5 against 3 who are a cohesive unit. It's not like they all came from different joints. You know? Yeah, I can um, see it. Yeah. Anyways, it, it wasn't, we just had to establish some some rules. And today it's probably going to continue. We're going to passion it out for good and make some decisions on who who will either falls in line and stays or needs to go. Yeah. So, well, hopefully it'll figure a lot out. Of in, yeah. So in the meantime, I planned on trying to lay down as many episodes as I can before the uh, technical aspects of my uh, beneficial relationship with this dude with the whole hmm. expires. Yeah. So that's what we're here to do today. And, and, <laughs> and I'm going to for those of you uh, waiting with bated breath about the story that I just halfway got into to tease you with, it is it's, it's ridiculous. It's riveting. You will hear it. Depending on what order these come out in, you'll probably hear it this upcoming week after this. Uh, and I'll do it with JD. I got plans on the call tomorrow, and, okay. and all that good stuff. But today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about I don't know some some prison reform, some actual good, good, um, good discussion material. So there's 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 two main sources of prison information as it pertains to prison reform and and the culture and what uh, prisoner rights and all that stuff. One is called Prison Legal News. It's amazing. It's like a zine. It's all made of newspaper material, but it's in magazine format. You know, it's smaller, but it's a cover. and that. Yeah. It's run by two former inmates. They had done, one of them did 12 years, another one did another thing, and they fought tooth and nail to have the right to send their, their zine into prisons, right? And they've had to sue every state that they are allowed to, to be received in in order to make it happen. You know what I mean? Of course, every state tried to ban it, outlaw it, and I had a subscription to it for for most of my prison bit, right? Yeah, you did. And uh, they would reject a lot of them. The individual facilities would reject a lot of them, and they would say threat to the security and safety of the institution, and yeah. it'd be a whole huge fight to try to get the thing. But one of the great things is when you subscribe, it's all nonprofit, and it goes into you know funding the paper. So I always suggest everyone here, even if they don't want to read it, go get Prison Legal News. And if you want to get it out there, it's not expensive, right? I don't no, know. it's not Probably. expensive at all. I guess Michigan was one of those states uh, that had to be sued in order to allow it. So their way of getting around it, because they, they really don't want inmates being kept up to date about uh, laws and regulations regarding to incarceration, they decided, well, we'll just tear some of the articles out that we think, wink, wink, are a threat to the inmates. So there's always a constant battle 
uh, between the institution and getting uh, pr prison legal news in, in the hands of the inmates. But the problem is they wouldn't just rip out the it was it was anything that pertained to Michigan for the most part. Yes. And and here's the thing, <clears throat> at the end of every issue, there's a segment where it goes state by state. And it doesn't list every state because, you know, every month there's not, you know, not every state every month has something going on. But there'll just be short little updates, like, you know, one or two sentences about what, whatever's going on in the state. And if, and if Michigan was in there, they would use that to reject it, and they would reject the whole thing. Yeah. And you can contact Prison Legal News, and they'll sue them again, and it's a whole thing. And this was, I think, well, the last time I was getting it was when I was at Kinross writing, writing the clinic. And I had so much going on. Um, I think we still subscribe to it for a while just to support them. But um, it's been a while since I got it. But there's also this other one called um, My Cure. And My is M-I for Michigan Cure. Yeah. It's My Cure News. And it's a quarterly publication, and it's basically on typing paper, and it's a lot shorter. It's, it's what, three three full length, like you open them like a, like a newspaper, but, but it's, there's their typing sheet size, probably a little bigger, 10 by 13 or something. Yeah. They come out quarterly and I think they're free or really cheap. I thought I had you, um, sign me up to get them, but I never ended up getting them. Anyway, I, I ended up, someone handed it to me because they, they know about the website and the show and all that stuff. There's some interesting stuff in here. So I thought maybe we'd, uh, go over some yeah. of the, Absolutely. The newer things, and I can just kind of—I don't have it all plotted, uh, planned out or anything, but um, there's some interesting stuff in here. It, it, the, the conversation started because of the price increases for food. So, Stevo, who's a block rep at the block rep meeting, <clears throat> is trying to file um, a, a case or a complaint with the Better Business Bureau for price gouging because from our loose understanding, individual brands like Kifi or like these more obscure ones that only deal with prison, they, I think they have a deal with them. They can adjust the prices to whatever they want. But for name brands like Folgers, and they do this at like everywhere. They, some of the major companies say like, listen, you can't charge $40 for a pack of Newports because you want to. There's like a standard rate. Oh, you know? right. And and so he, he, he went on and started looking at how much, it, how basically the cost per ounce of Folgers as in prison, which is t over $2, like $2.20 compared with the cost per ounce for most of the things, uh, um, items in the free world, which comes to like 60 cents or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so he's filing this stuff and, and in it, you know, I, I don't know if he got the idea for or was kismet, but there's some stuff in here about uh, about price gouging. And uh, they, they talk about how, see, back in the day, Michigan prison system had farms on the prisons. And, you know, there'd be a beef one, and they'd supply most of the meat, if not all the meat. There's a dairy farm. They'd supply the milk, and they had uh, uh, plantations for uh, vegetables and all this stuff. And, and people ate a lot better, and it saved the taxpayer money, and it made so much sense they immediately got right. rid of it. <laughs> So uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of statistics in here, and they're saying um, they list how, like Michigan's fourth in production of carrots, hops, wheat, cherry, sugar beets, and fresh corn. 22% of Michigan's workforce are farmers and, and produ uh, producers. 
99% of farms in Michigan are family-owned, 300 agricultural products. It's just a bunch of good stuff, and they say if, if the state of Maine can locally source much of their food for its incarcerated men and women, surely Michigan farmers and producers can provide for those incarcerated in Michigan. Right. Makes too much sense to happen. Probably won't happen. But there's some other cool stuff in here. There's um, Prison Policy, Policy Initiative looks at carve-outs. So carve-outs are the thing when now that prison reform has gained a little bit of traction, where they say, okay, we're going to start releasing people a little early or for good behavior, or we're going to get rid of mandatory minimums, but they have carve-outs. They basically have stipulations to say, but you can't have a violent crime, because if you have a violent crime, and they go through here, and they kind of, I thought maybe I'd, uh, I'd read just a, a part of it real quick. Yeah, lay it on us. All right. The Prison Policy Initiative recently released a paper addressing its concerns about the use of carve-outs incorporated into legislative reforms of criminal justice system. They define carve-outs as any policy that excludes people from criminal legal system reforms based on what they are charged with or convicted of. You have one minute remaining. Now, they're, now they're usually violent crimes, sex offenses, um, and, they, and they go on to address the, the basic arguments. This is like how I like to write. Any, any of the articles I write, you kind of attack the argument. So the first argument is uh, we, we have to start reforms with nonviolent charges, and once that's going, we'll come back later to help those people out. And then they go to the rebuttals and basically mm. say there's already biases, and if you do that, it'll never get to them because those biases are just reinformed. The third argument is interesting. It says including people charged with violent crimes and reforms will harm public safety. Right? Mm. That's that's one of the that's one of the tropes. Um, you know, you release violent criminals, and of course, crime will go up, go up in, in society. And so, the the first rebuttal they have, they said, rearrest rates are lowest among people convicted of violent crimes. Yeah. Even among those small numbers, many of those arrests do not result in convictions. Um, individuals age out of crime. Statistics show that. It Thank you for using GTL. Mm. All right. Yeah. So the idea is. I don't know if everyone knows this, but yeah, the older you get, the less likely you are to reoffend or to commit any other crimes when you get out or to come back to prison. So at some point, there you have a diminishing returns for length of sentence, right? You have a and I and I wrote a piece called um, "Killers, Monsters, and Regular People Every, Everywhere," and it's basically about how you couldn't guess with any certainty, better than just random chance who was in here for really terrible crimes and who was in here for, for minor crimes. And that's because people change in prison. Not all of them, but a lot of people change. And some change for the worst and some change for the better, which is why you can't really tell. Because you look at one guy and you're like, oh, he's in here for a serious crime, but it's because he came in here when he was 21 and he's gangbanging and, you know, he got a lot worse. But it turns out he's in here for, like, theft, you know, or possession of, of crack cocaine or something. The fourth argument on why there should be a carve-out so, so violent crimes shouldn't be included in prison reform, which affects me, right? I've talked about this before on the show. It's my understanding that, um, that the purpose of classifying someone's crime as violent is to show that they are willing to resort to violence as a choice and capable of carrying out that violent act Basically meaning they have the type of personality and demeanor willing to use violence to solve problems or address things. Well, when you include 
vehicular homicide, unintentional vehicular homicide or involuntary manslaughter as a violent crime, it takes away the whole point of classifying something as violent. Because the whole point is to show that that person is capable of choosing violence as a reaction or a solution to something. So if it's an accident, it negate it misses the whole spirit of the law of classifying it. It is that, and um, yeah, the argument number four says uh, people convicted of serious offenses do not deserve mercy or reform, which is insane unless you're going to keep you're either going to execute them in prison or you're going to uh, keep them in here forever, right? Because yeah. if you're if you're going to let them go, you you definitely would want them to be reformed and to feel so maybe, I don't know, maybe some sense of compassion at some point. Right. Yeah, you know, in the beginning when it came to Michigan, <clears throat> I figured the reason that they're one of the, I believe it's four states left, that still do not have some form of earned credit or good time. I used to think it's because they just don't understand what really happens, but I don't believe that. They, the legislators know now that it doesn't work for many, many reasons, and there's lots of good examples. I believe it's because the prison lobbyists, and that's why we're having such a struggle in our state for prison reform. Yeah. Well, I think that is certainly a part, a part of it, and I wouldn't know. It's, it's, a good, uh, it's definitely a, a facet of it. I also think one of the issues is that politicians have become masterful, even though it's doesn't take a lot to become masterful at this. It's actually rather easy nowadays. They've become masterful at hacking into emotional triggers in the people. And, and fear is the, the most primal, most, uh, most reactive of those emotions that they, they've learned to, to trigger psychologically, right? Yeah. And so being able to stand on a po at a podium or a rally or, um, you know, your, your election day coronation as another, I don't know. I don't want to badmouth all these people because there's some really good people trying to do, to do right in there now. But what I think it is is that the status quo really benefits a lot of these people, like you're saying financially, but it also gives them the tool to, you know, to really – rile up their base by saying crime is a very scary your people are going to be raped and murdered and i'm the, the the you need someone who's tough on crime like me who don't give these guys a break to be the the, the safety barrier between you and these animals right. which would be a legitimate argument if they were an actual barrier right mm -hmm. but all you have to do is look at crime rates to, sh to show that the status quo what they're currently doing is not only not working, it's, it's, it's increasing, crime's increasing. Yeah. The violent crime's increasing, general crime's increasing. And so rather than saying, oh, shit, the stuff we've been doing for all this time, which is resulting in higher crime, isn't working, which, so maybe we should change it. They say, well, let's, no, no, that's not what that means. That means we need harsher. We need to do less for them. You know what I mean? We need to double down on this, <laughs> on this position and this, this stance we have. And um, being on the inside of it, and for you, who's you know who has to talk to someone every day, and all the listeners out there too, who hopefully have made some sort of emotional or connection with me, yeah. um, kind of see the I hope can see the, the I don't want to say futility, 
the um, insanity of it all, the, the nonsensical nature of it, the, the ineffectiveness of it, and, you know, and, and it, it costs so much money, it harms a, a giant swath of the community, and ultimately, it's not working either. So, um, yeah, and one good, one good side note is I recently read how the union for the corrections officers, and I forget the name of the union, so I apologize, but they are backing earned credit and good time. So you know that when the CO union is backing it, um, that there needs to be some kind of change. Yeah, yeah. I know Jack Wagner, who uh, we've talked about before. His son-in-law is in here with me. Uh, Amazing kid. He's he's, um, force-feeding him all the stuff I've written and guilting (laughs) him for eating it. And he claims to like it, but I think he's just a nice kid. Um, But listen, so so this ends, my care always ends quarterly. with the Michigan legislation that's going on. So I don't know if you knew this, so I thought I'd hit some of these up and you can kind of like talk about them. The first one is called House Bill 4556-4560 and Senate Bill 321-325, riveting information, have now been introduced to implement second-look sentencing. They say, as noted in our main newsletter, the legislation would enable an attorney or prosecutor to petition the court for the release of someone who has served at least 10 years in prison. Based on a number of factors, the judge could reduce the sentence or deny the petition. So it gives someone like me, after 10 years, especially with my prosecutor, who said, yeah, this is like a really extreme sentence. Um, Now, whether it would be politically savvy for him is a whole other story. Um, Right. Yeah. But but yeah, I've heard about this, but because the good time bill is takes most of the uh, attention, I haven't really seen this. Um, the next one, House Bill 4878, the Fair Chance Housing. This is huge. This is huge. We focus a lot on getting people out early, but getting so, when someone gets out of prison, they should actually get out of prison. And I don't mean just mean physically. I mean with the stigma. I mean with the cultural. Um, shackles that remain in a bunch of different areas. And so the Fair Chance Housing Act would limit the use of criminal history in housing rental transactions. Oh, yeah. Now, these are mostly used, and we talked about this when Kyle got out. Kyle had to go live with his grandmother, even though he had money and stuff to get an apartment. These are most people who could get out of prison if they can afford a place to stay. Where do you think it's going to be? Well, what what kind of dwelling? Oh, run down, broken down places. But not houses or gated communities, oh, no. but apartments. No. Apartments. No. Yeah. It'd be apartments. Now, almost every apartment, especially low-income ones, because they get, like, some federal grants or funding, almost every apartment will not rent to you if you have a felony, and especially if you just got out of prison. Yes. So you true. send someone out of prison with no, after severing the ties with their community and family with little to no money, if not largely in debt, you send them out of there with nothing, no skills, no clothes, nothing, right? And then if you do, find, if you are able to find someone who's willing to help you or you were able to, you know, to, to have someone donate something and you have enough to rent an apartment, right? So, so maybe you need to, you can't go back home or you don't want to go back home because there's crime there and there's gangs and you're affiliated with people and you, and you want to get your own place. You, they will not rent to you. Yeah. And it's the same. And it's the same thing. And there's been an initiative called Ban the Box with trying to get a job. They ask, "Have you ever been convicted of a felony?" And if they check yes, most places will just toss it into the slush pile. You're done. You're out of here. Yeah. So people that should be getting help with housing and with employment are stifled from it. And then 
when they do go back home into the community that maybe they needed to get out of, and they are broke because they can't get a job, and they start doing borderline stuff or completely illegal stuff, and they start selling weed or coke or pills or whatever it is, or God forbid they start stealing, what happens? They come right back to prison, yeah. and society points their finger at them and goes, you are a fucking animal. You cannot be trusted. And I'm not saying everyone who gets out is a victim of this, but I'm saying when you stack the odds against someone to ensure they fail and then point your finger at them and blame them when they inevitably fail, you're an asshole. Yeah. And so that's what this bill's about. Um, let me see what the... Okay, so Senate bills 376-7 and House bills 4173-4348 would create the Michigan Sentencing Commission. Brilliant. Someone's smart out there that which would analyze sentencing and release policies and make recommendations to modify sentencing guidelines based upon analysis. Yeah. The bills have been passed by each chamber and are awaiting reconciliation. Wow, that, that one. Now that makes a lot of sense. Now these are still, if you read The Reformation of American Incarceration, which is my big philosophical treats, you know, to change the current system into something that, that works a little bit better. It calls for things like this. Yes. Uh, sentencing committees, psychological evaluations, sociologists, criminologists, all this other kind of shit. So that's a real good one. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's doing well. I haven't heard much about that. There are some budget bills, $7 million for body cameras for correction officers, $11 million for medication, assisted treatment for substance abuse, which will provide treatment for 1,200 incarcerated individuals. Mom, that's a good one, yeah. I would be, I would be willing to bet you. Well, if you had to guess, what do you think the percentage of currently incarcerated people have addiction issues? Um, if I had to guess, uh, I don't know, probably half? Yeah, I'd say closer to three quarters okay. have, uh, have issues with substance abuse. And, and of those, probably a similar number, three out of four are in prison for something related to that. Right. You know, to, to using drugs, selling drugs, or doing something to get drugs. Um, but then you come in here, and they have what's called, I think I spoke about this before, the MAP program, which I think is at three different prisons. And I think there's like 100 people at each prison, so that's three, 400 people out of, you know, near, nearly 40,000 inmates. Um, and if there's waiting lists that are years long and, and all this stuff. And, and I'm not claiming there's like some grand, easy, snap-your-finger solution, but we got to start thinking smarter about, about some of this stuff. So this one's, uh, yeah, so that's one of the Yay. things for this budget bill they're trying to get. Over $4 million for programs to provide reentry services, $2 million to create and support juvenile justice um, services, $1.5 million for State Appellate Defender's Office, um, and then there's the good time credits. The Michigan, uh, here's the update on this. The Michigan Board, Board of State Canvassers has approved a petition. Oh, this is to get um, good time on the ballot initiative to bypass the current, you know, grinding gears of, uh, or slow-moving gears of, uh, of the okay. state exactly. and just get people to vote on it, which uh, from what I hear is how truth and sentencing, which is the antithesis of good time, um, was passed in the first place. The citizens voted on it um, during the, the old big tough on crime right. era. You have one minute remaining. All right. Well, I won't bore you guys anymore. That's There's a lot going on, though. And if you want to check it out, my cure, M-I-C-U-R-E news. It's a quarterly publication. I'm sure it's nonprofit. Um, their thing, their phrase is "My Cure Dare to Care." And Prison Legal News. Go check that out. Anyone yes. ghost gerbils? I think you would like 
you like that. You get an inside look at it, and these guys are really uh, heroes. They're the reason our phone callers calls are affordable now because we were being price gouged, and they sued and sued and sued, yes. and they fought and fought and fought, and then we got so, – so they're actually making change. Listen, there's a bunch we got to deal with. I got to go deal with these cubies. <laughs> I know this was a little more uh, dry, but I love you. Sometimes these things are important, and people need to get this, this information out here. We love you. Yes. On behalf of me. Prison Legal News, Mike here, Mama C, everyone else. We are gone. We gone. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.